Hello, Spixers. I'm Christopher Schmidt, and today we're talking with Jeffrey Zeldman. Joining me is my partner at Environments for Humans, Ari Styles. We talk about colds, allergies, you know, the hard-hitting medical talk show you've come to expect at Non-Breaking Space. We also talk about a little web design history, what we do with our work after we die, uh, which also led to a little discussion about David Bowie and how he seemingly passed away on his own creative terms. It's not that depressing of a show, I guarantee it. So please enjoy it. Uh, some notes. I'll be hosting a virtual conference, JavaScript Summit 2016, on February 23rd, 24th, and 25th. It's three days of awesomeness, and there are early bird tickets still available at jsummit.com. Um, also, we're doing uh, CSS DevConf this year. We haven't announced yet our location, but we're going to do that this week. So definitely sign up for our newsletter at newsletter.cssdevconf.com, as well as follow us on Twitter at cssdevconf to get the latest news and get dibs on the cheapest tickets um, before, uh, before anyone else. You can follow me personally at Twitter at Telejects, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. Thank you for liking and subscribing to Non-Breaking Space Show on iTunes. Also, you can have it sent directly to your email by setting up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. Also, you can find show notes and links to nonbreakingspace.tv. Now, on with the show. Yeah, how, how's it cold? I don't know. It's really a weird one. It's like it disappears and then comes back and then disappears. Have you ever had anything like that? Uh, it's like, oh, I must be better now. And then suddenly sneezing for like an hour. Oh. And, oh, my God. And it's, yeah. I'm sleeping a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, our, like, right now I don't feel like I have a cold. I just feel like I've been wearing the same clothes and not going out for a couple of days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like the old days, like college days. Yeah. 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 In Austin, we have uh, allergies, and so it's yeah. this constant thing. And if you go to the doctor thinking that you have a cold, they'll tell you it's allergies. That Whether might be what I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think people have it here too. Yeah, yeah, I know things are because of the weather being so screwy this year. Yeah, everything is blooming off schedule. That's so yeah, but we're on schedule here in Texas with cedar pollen, and it's just clouds and clouds of it. My car is covered in pollen, so I'm trying not to even go outside. Yeah, I don't even like the weather weather reports for pollen and allergies. I don't know why they even have graphs. It's because it's just wall to wall, hundred (laughs) percent for the next five days. What's is it warm out there now? It's pretty warm. We have a couple of cold days, but this time of year is just when cedar explodes, and it's it's not even a native plant. People brought it here and planted Ooh. it here because they love the trees, and they you know it's it's good wood for outdoor building and that sort of thing. But yeah. oh man, and it's one of those things where it's non-native, but it thrives here. It's kind of a parasite. Is that why it's? Uh doubly allergic I, I, I think there's a, isn't there a theory that if you bring a plant in like if, yeah. you eat, eat, like if you eat vegetables that are imported you're more likely to have food allergies to them than if you eat vegetables that were locally grown right it's like it's not just being right, right? I've heard that before. I don't know the name of the theory, but I've heard that before. One of the things that we're doing to <clears> combat <throat> this year is uh, uh, hot water with local honey every morning. 
As long as it's locally grown, it's produced by bees that are dealing with whatever pollens you're having to deal with. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's necessarily helping, but I do feel better. Yeah. So. What's the attack, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be that I'm happy to have yeah. water. I used to have sugar as medicine when I was a kid. I don't remember why. Yeah. My mom would give me like a spoonful of sugar with something. Yeah. Just like in the Mary Poppins. Right, right. Well, all the Dr. Peppers and. Uh, Cokes and everything were pushed as tonics. Right, that's when right. They first came out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I still push it as tonic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chris is still using it in a medicinal way. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, more the merrier. Yeah. Well, thanks for for being on the show and mm-hmm. uh, cool. for being here and and um, I feel bad for uh, talking to you with cold, but thank you for toughing it out. Toughing it out. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I have allergies and. You know, what am I going to do? we got to do this for the next six months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, we've been with Webb since forever, but, um, and I've... I've known you since you were a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's true, though, right? You're a college student? Which Probably is weird, student, yeah. yeah. I feel like a bit of an intruder. Yeah. I feel like a bit of a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think about it, like, I was an adult man. Yeah. Having a business relationship with a, a 90 year old, that's kind of, uh, <laughs> well, not a business relationship, but like a, uh, what would you call it? I mean, a creative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We ran a, a design contest together, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I remember just uh, my story, I've told this a few times, but just my story is like, uh, I was a graphic design student at college, uh, starting print design. And, um, and I, I was came late to print design, like late to print design because I didn't know it existed in my small town USA as as a as a job that you could actually get paid to do. And then uh, I discovered design. Mm-hmm. And then while I was doing design, I found uh, email and mm-hmm. all those other great things. And then I uh, and I discovered I just stumbled upon the web, and I was like, oh, this is you know. And I showed my design teacher, you know, this is what what you can do on the web. I had basic like links to. You know the Netscape Fish Aquarium. You know all that. You know all the old stuff, and uh, and I took. I don't her remember and, the Fish Aquarium. It was just kind of. Wasn't it just kind of? It like was a, a fish cam. You know, just had a camera. Oh, camera. like like the coffee cam. Yeah. yeah. So so just like yeah, I just had a camera in front of the uh, aquarium in Netscape browser land. You know, back then. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it was just a. Uh, and I I told her oh, this is what you could do. Add graphics. Add add a photo. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she's like, you should do web design. And I was like, well, what is web design? I have no idea. <laughs> and I... Go figure it out. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I went out and there was a Linda Wyman's uh, designing web graphics. Yeah. And then David Siegel's uh, creating killer websites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And I still have both of those copies. Me too. Yeah. And so... so, is do, it, so you how, how, have, do you have a... I have a mouse pad with the 216 web safe colors on it. Oh, really? In fact, I have like three of them. Yes! I have that one and I have a square one. Yeah. Wait, was that yours? Yeah, it's mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you make that? Yeah. There There's go. still a little pile of them sitting around somewhere. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then... Uh, we've moved Chris twice, so... At least, yeah. Yeah, we've run across... Uh, were, you at, were you in Florida originally? Yeah, so I grew up in Florida... And then I moved around a little bit since mm-hmm. then, and um, also Texas. But yeah, so yeah, so I made a mouse pad in case everyone knows. Like uh, before, we had monitors that could do everything, 
show you like 4K colors or whatnot. We had to deal with the WebSafe palette, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which Linda Wyman made famous. Um, and with her, with her husband. And when I first started <coughs> writing style sheets, I would, I was really big in tone on tone, and so I would actually name the style sheet whatever the main color was. Yeah. It was so sad. <laughs> tone on tone is like brown on brown. Like yeah, that. yeah, kind of. Yeah, me yeah. too. I love that. Yeah, it's personally, it's like a, a theme I keep doing in everything that I make. Yeah. yeah, I actually have some crochet in the next room that has the same issue. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you do. Yeah, but they, uh, Do you ever notice like crochet and web design, or at least they used to be kind of similar? <laughs> well, they're like, both. They pixel. both can be extremely boxy. Um, and, and only, yeah, only, uh, only the um, the the truly advanced, it seems, can uh, make it not that way. Or you know, people that are really good at their craft can make yeah, it look not yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think actually responsive crochet would be a thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, it's all it's all knit stuff, so it's very stretchy too. So it's already responsive. But I that's my sanity hobby, and I love to uh, know about other people's sanity hobbies because, like we were talking about before, there's something satisfying about holding a thing in your hands. Yes. You know, I love working on the web and you know working on my other projects mm -hmm. and everything. But like my sanity hobby is so that I can hold something in my hand when I'm finished. And say this is the thing. And so, do you have a sanity hobby like that? Uh, I guess photography now. Oh. Um, used to be music, although I never thought of music as a hobby. But of course, it was. Like everybody who thinks they're a musician, half the people, three quarters, it's really a hobby. You don't know it. Like, I remember telling my parents, "I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to be a rock star." But uh, yeah. Up. That's all right. Everyone, <laughs> everyone will experience a marked improvement in their audio at this point. So you, we can, you, you can put that in the notes. You're right, right. Marked improvement. <laughs> what would you say is your sanity hobby, Chris? I don't have one. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, I just do <laughs> stuff all the time. <laughs> you just do digital stuff all the time? No. Yeah. Um, what is like the mouse pad was really great. Like I've been talking, thinking about this for a while. Is that what we do? Is so you know, like it's so digital and. It's uh, goes away pretty fast. Like you know, uh, I used to have a backup of High Five with the website on there, but then it got blown away by some server issues or whatever. And so, so I have a zip disk somewhere with the High Five archive uh -huh. somewhere. So, um, do you still have that though? Uh, somewhere in my uh, storage unit, I believe I still have it in there. So I have to go. Dig All it my out. stuff is gone. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, a lot of my old things are gone too. Yeah, so they're either on some kind of zip disk that is unreadable, you know. Like on a jazz drive barrier. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Or SideQuest or something like that. Mm -hmm. SideQuest. Oh. oh, man. <laughs> like, oh, all right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I like, uh, but, yeah, I like uh, being physical objects and, and uh, aids, like the mouse pad. You know, I just want to say, like, you know, it was the browser, the website palette was cubed or squared in nature. But it wasn't designed for designers who well. So I like right. I, I wanted to make a It was mathematical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make a color palette, uh, color wheel out of website colors, and that's what I did for the for the mouse pad. And so I wanted one for myself, and but I couldn't do that. I had to buy like five hundred of them <laughs> in order to do them. And so then I and I had them in my that's garage. That's the best. That's yeah. mm -hmm. the best. Yeah, yeah. So. it's fun, and plus, it's just fun to like have all those old artifacts from back in the day. You yeah. took the, you posted the picture of the dolls. 
Yeah, the and dolls I, for we friends. have one here yeah, too. I was like, oh, we have that on the shelf from so from 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, South by Southwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love those, all those little old artifacts. Yeah, yeah. The artifacts of the like the physical artifacts of our industry just really fascinate me because they just right uh, because everything else is lost on old jazz drives and yeah. <laughs> At our studio, uh, right. Mike Pick, designer, uh, found an old. I don't know what it is, a 2CI, a Mac class, like the first oh. Macintosh yeah. or like the second Macintosh. And he brought it in and he mm-hmm. got it working. Yeah. And then he felt like somehow on uh, eBay or something, he got some discs so he could, and you can run programs on it. So like, oh, wow. yeah. So uh, it's kind of cool. And every once in a while you're like, really? You think your stuff's backward compatible? Let's just see. <laughs> Let's just see. Plug it right in there. Plug it right in. Because somewhere in the world, there's somebody else using one of those. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the world, probably in a very poor country, there's somebody using really archaic stuff. Right. Over a really stuck. bad network, and they're right. stuck, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how much uh, – so with all the conferences and everything in the, the – everything that you guys share and run, and uh, how much actual design and code are you still doing? Not as much as I would like. I, I get to design email. Like, you know, I, wow. I wish that that... I, yeah, get I get to. Yeah. And I kind of... I wish there was more. Um, I think that a lot of that... Uh, uh, because running a business is a little bit different than, um, you know, working for someone else. <laughs> and so we have... Uh, first off, Chris works more than anyone I have ever met in my life just works more. And so it's just really, you know, I'm in this thing now where I'm trying to drag us into doing more physical activity. <laughs> and um, it's hard sometimes because that's, you know, it's just like you get used to sitting at a desk and that's what you do, yeah. you know? Um, but uh, I think that a lot of the uh, design work that uh, used to be, you know, my full-time job now kind of leaks over into little things like my sanity hobbies or mm. doing things around the, the house or just in other parts of everyday life because so much of work now is, yes, I still get to design email and, you know, I, you know, um, write some HTML that way and, you know, for some other projects that we do or think about, you know, for other projects, the information architecture and that sort of thing where, you know, I used to be, you remember the title webmaster? <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be one of those people. Absolutely. And so I used to do all of those things in one job. And right. so now they've just kind of splintered off into other parts of my life, mm-hmm. you know, since we run a business and that's, you know, it's a fun and interesting thing to do, but it's a little bit less creative. It's a lot of problem solving, but it's less creative. Yeah, I'm in kind of the same boat, but I'm starting uh, a new studio this year. <clears throat> oh, neat. I'm opening a studio in New York. Yeah, it's time because I, I just, uh, after a while, you just start to feel like uh, you're two hands off. And man, the way this industry is changing mm-hmm. is scary. Mm-hmm. And I also, I want to uh, test a theory that it's okay to just make stuff with HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. That's my theory. Oh. I could huh. be wrong. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, because I'm so out of it with all the frameworks and stuff. And I'm just thinking, Mm, mm -hmm. maybe it's okay to just, like, use HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Maybe that's all right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things I want to test. Well, like, that's one of the things I loved about 
I still love about your site is that you're a great writer and well, thank you. And you know, yeah, even great. from uh, your de- design, you know, would change, but you would always have great uh, blog posts. Like I don't know, we call them blog posts back then. Yeah. But just uh, when you would update your site, and you know, I would love your travel correspondence uh, postings when you travel oh, conferences, and uh, it was just great to. It was sort of like uh, watching a PBS travel show. In some ways, it was just like reading what you were, you were going through, and and uh, and I say, hey, this guy's speaking in one of those awesome spaces or places around the world uh, because of his web knowledge, mm-hmm. and he's let me know about the world through his eyes, and like that that could be me one day. Mm-hmm. You know, that is you. Yeah, <laughs> it is They're both yeah. of you. Yeah. Well. Um- it's yeah, and Chris was talking about history things, and I feel like you know I can barely scratch you know what the two of you have done, but I do remember. When did you start? Oh gosh, I really didn't start designing for the web until around two thousand. So I know that's like you know now that's funny you know because people feel like that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But compared to you two, it's not necessarily that long ago. I remember the first two websites I checked every t- day. Were the Daily Report, yours, and um, Heather Champ's Daily Ditty. Mm. Wow. I would read those every day, and then I'd get so excited. That's gone. Yeah, that's completely gone. And then and I uh, took the name Daily Report off mine for obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the occasional. <laughs> the occasional, the weekly, the monthly. Oh, wait. And um, then uh, Suck was great too oh and my God. suck was i mean it's so weird to say that out loud there used to be an online magazine called suck for those of you that oh it's coming back know. as a mailing list. yeah and it's, it's called it uh, suckagain.com oh okay suck again yeah but, are the same people carl and um i wow. think it, i think it's the same people mm-hmm. uh, i didn't really say i didn't really grok it but it was the same logo same type of vibe mm-hmm. but it was just it just has a like snap form for right mm-hmm. now so I got I got excited either way. I was like, oh, yeah. like, please come back. But the writing people? for yeah. the writing for suck in particular w- yeah. helped me understand like contextually what you could do with the web, and that you mm. could say five things in one sentence just by linking to something else, yeah. Yeah. you know, or the double yeah, entendre yeah. of a word, or that sort of a thing. And so that magazine in particular opened my mind to content possibilities and thinking what you know because i was working in print media at the time everything's extremely linear you know i still love it but it's extremely linear and so the thought of you know being able to go off on all of these tangents and have so much more meaning to what you were saying was fascinating to me at the time that is i have to just interject here uh carl stedman and i forgot his partner's name uh, created suck.com not that they were they were equal. I just forgot because I'm old and I forget things. <laughs> so I decided to Google who created suck.com, which I suggest you do not do. Oh, my goodness. That is – while you're talking about hypertext and all the many things something can mean, turns out suck.com now has only one just meaning. Just a public service. I, yeah. Just, just as a public service. If you walk like, away with, I like no, with nothing else from this talk. Historic web right. literature sounds interesting. I'd like to do a search. <laughs> don't. Don't. I've done Don't that do exact that. same thing. Somebody told me when I was having trouble with uh, fonts overlapping or too similar, that sort of thing. Oh, there's this utility called Fondler. Yeah. Why <laughs> so do people I went name... back to my office and searched it, and you know, sure enough, I had pretty much the same problem that you're having right now. I think. really great conference in England called At Media. Yeah. But oh, yeah. The problem was every time you Googled it, 
-hmm. you would get all these articles about style sheets. It was like on the seventh page of Google because, you know, for whatever reason. You got to be careful with names, man. Oh, man, yeah. So, like, well, two things uh, hypertext and the multiplicity (laughs) of hypertext. And also, we're halfway through Chris's uh, early career. (laughs) (laughs) I am keeping track. I am keeping track. And the slog continues. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, How many so it's books like have you written all together? How many books have I written? I'd like to say 10 or 12 right now. And uh, he's working on one this year, too. So yeah, working. And then we're I have, laying low a little bit. And then I have like that. the next laying two. Laying low? We're laying low so that he can work on his book. Oh, yeah. So, uh, right. yeah, I have the next two actually mapped out after this one. So, uh, for everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. yeah so, um, but uh, yeah, I want to say like uh, names for things. Very important. That's the thing I was talking oh. about. Because we, we, uh, we did a conference. Uh, with uh, AIGA Cincinnati and right. AIGA Orlando chapter um, called In Control, and I thought that it was a great name. Can, that's a, I could see that having a problem. In that it. and then right away, no one knows who we are. Right, like, the search was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. so I so we just I was like why why nobody knows who you are? Uh, oh, as you, opposed to like CSS Summit or jQuery Summit. Yeah, mm-hmm. they yes. clear what you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. so if you do like In Control, there's always like hey, like on Twitter, like. Hey, I'm in control. Pantyhose tops. Or it's something. a common phrase. Yeah, it's was too, the problem. I, and then security family foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My doorman. When I leave, I live in New York, so I have a doorman. So he says, "Everything under control." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, everything fun. under control. I say, "Yeah, everything's mm-hmm. under control." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very important to have a good name. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, my stuff is right a list apart. Yeah. A space apart, an event apart, a book apart. Terrible names, really. <laughs> I mean, great names in a way, and terrible. A list apart of being the, well, the work. Yeah, they they work in concert with each other, though. They do. That part works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the list apart was originally a mailing list, right? So that's why it made sense. But we kept the name when we turned it into a website. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. I thought in your mailing list was a great idea too. It was like a. a uh, editorial mailing list to cut down on the spam and and then became a website. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it started purely as uh, it turned uh, it was weird in a way because it started with people writing like they do to every mailing list and then I would go like, eh, and, and uh, I had a partner at the time uh, Brian and he would also look at stuff and we would just, yeah, here's a theme yeah. and, and we'd, so we'd leave out things we'd, and we ended up doing editorial. On, it was, I guess, it was uh, user created content mm. that was editorially. Uh, what's the word people like now? The pretentious word for that? Um, Crowd, instead of editing, what? Crowdsource. Or? It was crowdsourced, but then there's the pretentious word for uh, editing, uh, which makes it curated. Oh, curated. Uh, <laughs> artisanal. Uh, <laughs> right. Great. So. Uh, it kind of made sense to start a magazine because that's basically, you know, right? Get people in the community who are passionate about stuff, writing about what they're passionate about, and uh, create themes with with it. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you wrote in the second issue, Chris. I think you're in the second issue. Yeah, that was that was my uh, that, 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 is, that is my one of my claims to fame. Mm-hmm. You were in the second issue along with Lance Arthur, or uh, oh, Lance, oh man, I don't know from Cool Side of the Day and oh, Project Glenn, Glenn, Glenn right. Davis. Yeah. Half the people that were at South by Southwest 2001. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you wrote about color theory, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, it was, makes sense with your color wheel. Yeah. 
you wrote about color theory. It was yeah. like the second issue. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're discontinuing issues in Alista Park. That's about to go away. Continuing issues? Oh, really? Discontinuing. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, I oh. set it up like an old time. I set it up like a traditional magazine, right? Yeah. There was a, a publishing date and everything. But, uh, we began publishing other kinds of content a few yeah. years ago. The and, columns and, and everything, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. all that's all the differentiation is going to go away too because uh, we're basically just waiting for someone to come back from vacation <laughs> and fix it. Honestly, oh right? really? Oh, yeah. one of our uh, developers to come back from vacation and just go put you know all the stuff that we figured out and she's figured out to uh, make that stuff go away, and it's just going to be a steady stream of articles. Oh, nice, nice. But it's weird. I feel saddled in a, in a, in a way because we're, we're like the numbers go up and up, and you start to think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. It's and the stuff that you lose in the uh, jazz drive. Right. Exactly. You're losing that physical marker, right, of the thing that you it's did. Digital marker. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about building an agency this year. Yeah. Yeah. Is- Studio. A studio, excuse me. And so um, what about that are you looking forward to or anything else you're looking forward to in 2016? Okay. Like there's so many levels to it. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. It's a studio. It's a fresh, totally fresh start. It's going to be a redesigned studio, right, which immediately gives you – makes it clear what it is that you do and what it is that you don't do, right? Mm -hmm. If you say you're a redesigned studio, that means – you're not going to make something for a startup. You're not going to make, at least not from scratch. You might come into a startup that has a problem and try to help them figure out what that problem is, but you're not going to make anything from scratch, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I love making things from scratch, but those are for me, not for clients. Right. And it's pretty rare, too. And I think. it's rare. Mm-hmm. But, but, so uh, it means that we have some kind of methodology of like looking at stuff and figuring out what's working, what's not working, um, talking to the users, talking to the owners. What are you, what are your business goals? Helping figure all that stuff is in that is in the word redesign, and I think the name of the studio is going to be Studio, which is kind of cool, right? And uh, I just want to uh, get back to designing things. Not everything, obviously, I won't be able to design everything, but designing a few things uh, will be good because it's been uh, a while. I think uh, the last thing I designed for the web was the latest version of my own site, which uh, that's okay if that's all you do, but it, it feels a little weird for someone who runs a, de- a design studio, right? And uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about um, working with some new people and uh, working out of my space. And uh, I'm excited about filling my space. I have a little studio called A Space Apart in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in this area called uh, Nomad which is north of Madison Avenue, which doesn't make any sense because Madison Avenue runs north and south. But this is what New York real estate people do. They come up with a name that makes no sense and then everyone uses it. And uh, But it's a nice little neighborhood. It used to be... Uh, I used to live there when I first moved to New York in the 1988, and it was a crack-infested prostitution area. You make it sound so lovely. It, yeah. it was a nightmare um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I thought, man, if I could just afford to stay here, it's going to be nice someday. And now it is. It, uh, it used to be called the photo district also. Um, you may have heard of that. It's sort of like, it's a, this weird combination of, I don't know, there's, there's, 
New York is influenced by like big, so like Penn Station is in one corner and things near Penn Station are kind of sleazy and slimy because Penn Station's so filthy and horrible. Mm. And then like things near Grand Central are kind of nice because Grand Central is so elegant. So like the apartments that are near there are beautiful. The buildings there, it's, it's, uh, it's an eco, I mean, you, cities are ecosystems, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You put a, a dump or a, or a if you put a dump in one area, you're not going to have the nicest houses in town next to that dump, and it's like right. that. But uh, Nomad is really nice. It's uh, there's lots of little uh, ethnic restaurants and uh, little studios, and um, it's right by Koreatown, which is awesome because you basically walk around the corner and have. Korean food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's an amazing Korean vegan place next to me, which sounds like a contradiction because when you think Korean, everything's like meat. Barbecue, right? Barbecue. Mm-hmm. But, uh, these, this place is amazing, and I like to bring my meat-eating friends there because they always they always are surprised at how satisfying and wonderful it is. And they have, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I really like my space, and we're getting um, Shopify. I started a Shopify partners program. And we're getting some folks in that we're going to share our space with there who will be Shopify partners that I can, I hate to use the word mentor because it sounds pretentious, but I can mentor just a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, and probably learn more from them than they learn from me. I was going to say mentoring is always a two way street. So, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's, it's wonderful. You just say, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> We used to pay only a nickel for this. And then they tell you, like, how stuff works. And you're like, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I teach at School of Visual Arts, too, once a week on Thursday nights in the MFA Interaction Design Program. And uh, we just had our first class of the semester, which was pretty cool. Uh, I asked them what their worst job had been. And they all had amazing stories. Oh, wow. My, our, our class is basically preparing them to go out the door. Like, you've got your MFA. Like, I know what happened when I got mine. I washed dishes. Uh, yeah. It was a different world. But, <laughs> what, but for them, they're, they're going to be hit with uh, job offers from Facebook. I mean, this is School of Visual Arts, New York, MFA Interaction Design. They're going to be hit with amazing, impressive job offers, which could be dazzling, but may not be right for them. So we're going to try to identify for each of them who they are and where they would be most comfortable. Because we all know... Some of us are happier working for ourselves. Some of us mm-hmm. are made for startups. Some of us are made for, you know, traditional jobs. Some of us should work at NGOs. We've got to figure that out, hopefully, so that they can, you know. I mean, it's obviously, many will be happy working at Facebook and Twitter and mm-hmm. uh, Foursquare and Squarespace and like that. And that's great. But if that's not for them, that's okay, too. Right. That's, that's what we're going to try to figure out in the class. So, And then it's the 10th year anniversary of the start of an event apart oh mm-hmm. so we're celebrating a decade apart and every month we're giving away stuff uh on twitter and we're doing special shows in seven cities this year including nashville yeah right? i saw that was on your uh on the nashville in a couple of months uh i'm very excited about I that i love nashville have you been there mm-hmm. i've mm-hmm. never been there oh boy yeah I've been to, uh, there's a place, Gatlinburg in Indiana, that's sort of like a tiny baby Nashville that I've been to. Mm-hmm. But, and I, uh, but I've never been to Nashville. Well, uh, when I first met 
Christopher, actually. It was a few months after we met. Um, I met him at a conference there uh, that Peach Pit was doing, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. And so uh, yeah, it was like great. Years ago. Yeah. We hung out with uh, Jeremy Keith and Aaron Walter, and we went to Hatch Showprint. And I know that they were affected by the flood a few years ago, but I highly recommend going if you can. I don't know if they're even in the same building. Hatch, H-A-T-C-H, like hatching an egg. Hatch Showprint. Yeah, so so that's where, like, if if you're a band and you're playing a show at the Grand Old Opry or wherever. Or wherever, like, you go get your, uh, your gig poster it there. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I know the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it the is place wonderful. Famous Johnny Cash poster. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But they, when we went, and again, I don't know how much of this is, has been damaged in the flood, but you know, it's 15 or 16 foot high ceiling with shelves all the way to the top with wood blocks, mm-hmm. carvings, not just of alphabets, but of, you know, all different kinds of what we would call clip art. You know, and that sort of thing that you can fit into your design and just print right there, you know, and they have all the machines right there. Yeah, it's, it's a living studio. It's a living museum in that uh, mm-hmm. they still take orders for, like, from bands and and gigs, but they, they don't have a computer. You have to actually call them up and place your order and and uh, mm-hmm. do it by hand. And do it Yeah, by it was hand. a lot of fun. That's, that's as if Sun Records was still uh, cutting, cutting discs. Right. Yeah, it's a historic place. Absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know how much of it is still there, but I know it's still there. I think I think they actually moved to the historic, the the Opry Museum. Oh, the Opry place actually. Yeah. To be closer because it was actually taken over Mm -hmm. by Opry. So uh, okay. So I think they actually moved. Yeah, but all the I hope they saved most of the stuff. Everybody sells in the end. Why is that? I think, well, back in the old day, my theory about it is that, you know, businesses or or that sort of thing were handed down in families, and right. we don't necessarily do that anymore, People, especially uh, in Western countries. But I think this is true all over the world now that with the Internet and, every you know, the level playing field of that, people will pursue what they want to do more than necessarily doing whatever it is that their family has always done. And so I think if you're not going to be passing on a business to a younger family member, then you're going to sell it and share the fruits of that. That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense, right? (laughs) Instead of, I made this shoe factory for you, Junior. Mm -hmm. Junior's like, I'm I'm a dancer, Dad. Instead, it's like... I sold this shoe factory for you. Mm-hmm. Here's your inheritance. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Well, that's funny because I've been, you know, you said everybody sells in the end. And I've been thinking, I, you know, I don't want to be a downer, but, you know, um, we lost David Bowie last week. And I've been thinking a lot about endings because of uh, how graceful uh, mm. his ending was. That's great. Right. And so um, that's been kind of fascinating to me. And then today there was um, a letter from a palliative care, either doctor or nurse, that was sent to the Bowie family that they shared today. <sighs> and I, I volunteered. What was that? It's um, Duncan, his son, shared it on his Twitter account. But um, the gist of it is that um, she was thanking the family uh for and thanking David posthumously for creating uh, an easier space to talk with her patients about end of life plans or mm. you know endings in general, 
And so I've just been thinking about that a lot because I feel like he handled it so well. I volunteered in hospice for a couple of years. So right. I was around people uh. that, you know, maybe hadn't had the opportunity to plan, you know, their endings nearly as well. And so it's yeah. just been kind of fascinating to me thinking about planned endings yeah, this mean, week. Yeah. I just, is, is everything okay? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, checking in with you too. Everything okay on that? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't mean, you know, I it's hard in uh, I think in uh, a lot of western culture for us to talk about those types of endings because people oh, yeah. get very, you know, yeah. upset and um I grew up in a home with a little bit more of an eastern mindset and nice. I don't yeah, I don't, you know, think about it maybe the same way and i have to say a lot of people that are working in palliative care in this country and for those of you that haven't heard that expression that just means like people that are working in hospice or people that are working with people at the end of their life to make them comfortable and not necessarily to save them i'm sorry i'm making air quotes but i can't think of any other way to do that um and so uh a lot of people working in palliative care in yeah. this country are actually people who study Buddhism and, and things like that. I think it, I don't know. Um, I don't want to say that one is better than the other or anything like that, but there are some philosophies and practices that I think prepare people or make them feel more comfortable with talking about endings yeah. maybe than the, some of the cultural uh, signposts that we deal with now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we're supposed to stay young and beautiful. Right. And then disappear. Right. Yes, yes. And be completely self-sufficient after that. And Right. Matt, have you ever, I mean, in so much so that I feel shame when I'm sick or when I've been injured. Isn't that funny? No, man. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. thanks. I don't need any help. I'll be fine. Yeah. All that. Mm -hmm. Or if you talk about, you know, some side effect of, you know, like, oh, my voice doesn't sound right or whatever, you're making <clears throat> excuses, you know, and in our culture, which I think is kind of funny when it's yeah. really just your current state of being. It is okay. what it is. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, did I turn, did I, was I a Debbie oh, Downer? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I love that skit, by the way. Yeah, I just, you know, that Debbie Bowie just... You know, just him going out, like, not going out like that, but just being able to give us something like that, like a conversation mm -hmm. about death, but also... To create I, art I, about the fact that you're dying. Yeah. Which I know isn't the first, but maybe the first in pop culture? I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, no, maybe not, but I was just, I felt like, because um, he released the album, and then and two days later, like, but during those two days, it was just like, why is he releasing this album now, all of a sudden, you know? Which I'm not going to say, hey, David Bowie take back this album, I don't like, care, care about it, but like, thank you so much for this album, but just, but just to have that impact, it's like, oh, and then to have that resonant meaning, like, I almost have a deeper meaning with it, with the mm -hmm. material, and, mm -hmm. and to be able to go back and listen to that 10 minute song over again with, with new eyes. Uh, right. Yeah. Just new ears, right? New ears, and mm -hmm. well, the video also was crazy as well, yeah. so, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's great, it's for, um, and someone who's like, went to college a designer and, to build physical objects, you know, mm -hmm. to think about, oh, what, you know, what photons am I shooting into people's eyes? You know, they're not going to be able to, like, browse my, you know, my work, you know. Mm -hmm. just, well, it's interesting, you know, so. too. Like, like <clears throat> who's going to keep, I mean, you have each other. Mm. So, theoretically, oh, God, I'm sorry, guys. But, like, it's if one, okay. of you, one of you passes before the other, you could keep 
each other's work alive for a while. But after that, what happens to it? Mm-hmm. And then there's the relevance. I mean, like my books will last longer because books books can last a nuclear explosion, right? Books will last longer than the web. Mm-hmm. Not 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 longer than the web, but individual pieces of web content. Yes. Uh, but uh, but how relevant will they be? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't really imagine someone in 50 years digging up designing with web standards. Oh, this just speaks to me. <laughs> It's weird. We put so much passion into what we do, but, you know, it's all temporary. Yeah. And again, yeah, well, also just in general, we're thinking and talking and it's worth doing, but we're thinking and talking so much about creating with clarity about, you know, how should we create those roles, not only so that we create a good product, but that the people who have to do the work stay sane, all of those things. And, you know, I think it would be interesting and worthwhile to openly discuss, you know, I've, We kind of touched on it a little bit because people have been talking about site deaths recently and that sort of a thing. But, you know, uh, you know, how do we close out what we're working on well? And, you know, how do we finish projects well? And um, that sort of a thing. I mean, with with books, it's like, you know, we're talking about like, you know, someone's books and everything. Like, uh, I had uh, talked to Linda Weinman before, you know, became Linda.com and uh, she was doing, still running books. And uh, she said, like, uh, it's like we're not writing uh, web books; we're writing history books. This Polaroid of wow. what the web is yes. going to be uh, for this short time, mm. and then uh, so like, you know, we have you know, uh, Jeffrey, you know, I have like, uh, uh, you know, creating killer websites. You can't use that really. You can still build websites with it, but you know, why would you? But you know, but that it shows you what was going on during that window of time, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, and then also, like, I feel In fact, like, like... just one... Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Luke Rablewski wrote Mobile First yeah. for our company, A Book Apart, and it's yes. a great book. And we talked to him about doing a second edition, and he decided not to. Mm. Because it's a snapshot of what needed to be said then. Yeah. Interesting. Like, right, right. Wow, there's still people who don't... What about people... You know, and it's tricky. Like, you want people who haven't thought of that yet mm-hmm. to read it and not be turned off by going, why, that's an old, outdated browser snapshot or whatever. But yeah. in... But, in fact, that doesn't matter. It's a history book. Mm-hmm. This was a thought that needed to get out there, and now it is. Yeah. And it's good enough. And I'm not updating designing with web standards anymore. It's like, you know, it is what it is. It, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. There are still tons of stuff that needs to get done. Yeah. And you could write a, new books on these subjects, and probably the best way to do it is in little segments, little slices. But yeah, it's a history book. That's brilliant. I really love that statement. Right. Yeah. It's like a step on the wheel instead of being yeah. the end of the wheel. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then also I feel like we build websites, but they're still, you know, who's going to – you put them on a server somewhere. Like if, you know, if I pass away, you know, well, what, what happens? Make your style guide. That, I mean, yeah. is your style guide preparing for death? Right, or all those things that we make mm-hmm. so that other people can take over right. in a way saying, I don't matter. I right. helped create this, but now, I mean, with companies, you guys know this, <clears throat> you have to think, like, what happens if Eric and I aren't involved in an event apart anymore? Does it still an event apart? And it is. And how do we, how do we work to make sure that we can become unimportant to it? How do I work to make sure that a list apart goes on mm-hmm. when I'm gone? Yeah. Right. Well, or if I just lose interest and like wander away, like because uh-huh. of, so. But somebody still wants it or needs it. How, does, yes, how do we make it available? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Everybody who has a thing has to think about that. 
Mm-hmm. Right. If, if you only, I mean, we've all seen examples of companies where the founder is so important that it once she's not involved, it doesn't work anymore. Right. Right. And that then you haven't made anything in a way. You have to make something that it comes from you, but it doesn't need you. Yeah. Like I don't know. Will thirty? Will Basecamp work when Jason Freed is loses interest? I'd like to think it will. It probably will, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Right. Look what happened to Flickr once the founders were gone. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's bad. I still use it, but but it, that right, the passion yeah. disappeared in the. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult sometimes too, and uh, you know it. It's a, I know it's something small, but I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, really good community managers. And um, it's like, I think when I, it's, there's something about a really good community manager when they step away from a site, you know, how the personality of the entire site changes, you know, because it's like mom left or something, you know what I mean? It's just totally, you're with the babysitter. Well, it's even like, uh, like, I've been a part this year in uh, Austin, Matt Howie, Mm. like where he's not a community manager at Slack. He's like, I don't think that's his job title. I think his job title is like, Mm -hmm. Uh, customer service, right? Editorial director? Yeah, edit- so, so, yeah. So I think customer but service. Customer or, service. Or mm-hmm. But he puts his stamp on it, right? Mm-hmm. And totally. he puts his own flavor onto it. And I'm not sure if that's because uh, that's who he is, that's because of his uh, background in a filter, or... Sure, or that's why they hired him, though. Yeah, yeah. but like, but he's able to put that spin on it and make it... You have Slack, which, you know, it's great already, but I just also have that little nice personality that you went to engage you know when you get like a status update from slack you're gonna get something really cool and unique and mm-hmm. the, the updates for it and so on that so so it's not just community managers but you can also add that personality and other type of uh, mm-hmm. roles that are coming to you but yeah i def- yeah you definitely wow. would love you know if you if you're coming can't afford a community manager that'd be that'd be great to have mm-hmm. well now you're getting into copywriting right uh yeah. copywriting for the web is a, was a big deal when we all started and it gets not talked about at all uh, anymore. I mean, we we have to make everything sound more you know important than it is. So we, we talk about strategy and all that, and that's definitely part of it. But I think there's just something, just like there's something to elegant design that you know there's something to clever or just appropriate targeted copy mm-hmm. that can make a, a, an experience fun or believable or or not. Not at all. Right. It's weird how we're not really, I think as a business, we focus too much on technology and tools and, and maybe not enough on these things that underlie all that, that never really change. Mm. Of good communication, good design, all that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So what is our ending here with that? We did not uh, plan, but maybe we should <laughs> put some thought into it. Uh, I don't know. What's your favorite David Bowie song? Uh, I just I hate to say it but like I got on that riff of Let's Dance last night I just could not did stop. you see the one they did as the tribute on Colbert oh no I didn't it was no. really good I highly recommend it go watch it okay okay. in the show notes yeah what's um, your favorite David Bowie song Jeffrey? I have to go with albums right oh um, okay Aladdin Sane is my f- okay. and Low are my two favorite albums of his although it's a hard <clears throat> Aladdin Sane uh, <clears throat> it was the first one I really listened to um and it's it came right after uh, Ziggy Stardust, so it, you know, 
And, but I don't know, there was just that period in the 70s through Lowe, through uh, Berlin, where he basically removed everything that had made him David Bowie and made this strange, to me, he made like the best Eno music, <laughs> right? Like those, those, those Berlin albums, like Lowe, yeah. is the album Brian Eno wanted to make, mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made it with Bowie, but Bowie brought like this musicality mm-hmm. and theater to... Like, you know, made it like it's ambient and like nothing much is happening. And Bowie went, nothing much is happening, but here's this little melody that's strange. And I don't know. It's a perfect collaboration. Mm-hmm. And it's so, for Bowie to remove his voice, his great voice, and remove rock and roll from, you know, and just go, I'm still, and then make, I don't know, it was, those albums are great. Um, the songs, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even say. And then there's some of that, some of his later stuff that's so melancholy, mm-hmm. where he just sounds like he's a thousand years old, like he's a vampire singing these <laughs> sad songs. You know, not a mean vampire, just right. someone who's lived too long and seen a know. lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, one of the things that was brilliant about him was the way he kept reinventing. Obviously, everyone knows reinventing mm-hmm. his sound, his look, everything. And I think we can all learn from that as uh, creative professionals. Right. Just keep doing the same thing. It ain't going to work forever. Right. And so many creatives, that people that are creative for a living now, were the weird kid. And so I think that he really spoke to the weird kid. I know that that's yeah. how I felt, you know. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Right. Like, so I remember uh, in high school, if you didn't play football, Right, you could get beat up as a queer, right? Uh-huh. That was the word queer. Uh-huh. Like, nobody wanted to be gay. Like, you'd never even, you know, if anyone thought, that. and then he was like singing about all this stuff, like, like, like he was like proud of it, and like he yeah. was so cool. He was way beyond what judgmental idiots mm-hmm. from high school thought about anything. He was like, in, you know, a hundred years ahead of time. Right, like. that there's something, you know, and this feeling is when you're that kid that there's a utopia somewhere that you can get to. Yeah, that you, could be you as cool won't as have this to worry about not... being beat up or, yeah. you know, scorned or, yeah, all of those sort of things. But, yeah. So. And, and it's sort of like, okay, great. And you enjoy beating me up now. And by the way, enjoy working in a gas station for the rest of your life. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> okay, Even sorry. Even though I was thinking it, but yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. Wow. Well, and it, uh, we always ask, like, how can people find you on the, on the internet? So, Jeffrey, how can people find you on the internet? Well, uh, at hmm. Zeldman on Twitter, at Zeldman on Twitter, Zeldman.com on the web, uh, alistapart.com on the web. Uh, those are pretty good places to start. Okay. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you for being on the show today. Yes, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. What a pleasure. Right. Talk to you soon. Thanks right. for everything.